Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. I'm so happy that you're here today. And I believe that God's word is able to strengthen you to do all that he's called you to do. And very importantly, it's able to empower you to be the person that God has called you to be. Praise the Lord. Let's take our Bibles and go to Mark chapter four. And we're going to be in verse eight, Mark four, verse eight. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. Let's look at a scripture that will give us understanding into God's desire to bless your finances. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30 fold, some 60 and some a hundred praise the Lord. Now let me share some beautiful news over the last couple of days. I tallied together all of the giving for the Pentecost pure gold offering. Every bit of provision that came in online through the internet giving every bit that came in through the mail. And it, when, it, when it was all put together, all processed and the, the final numbers were looked at, the final number was exactly the number that God told me to believe for two months ago, two months ago, the Lord told me to prepare for a special Pentecost offering for pure gold. I began to pray towards it. And then about a month ago, I shared that with you. And this number was a lofty number, but by God's grace, we have reached that number. We've actually now have gone over it by a few thousand dollars. But my friends, the Lord told me that he would touch the hearts of his people and that we would reach that number. We did it. Praise God. Now that, that reveals something very special to me that I would like to share with you. First of all, the fact that we hit that number so approximately, I mean, we, we just nailed it, tells me that those of you that sowed did exactly what the Holy Spirit directed you to do. It is very important as believers to understand that God cannot honor disobedience. In other words, if he prompts a believer to give a certain amount of money, if the Holy Spirit moves upon your heart and you sense this is the amount that you're supposed to give, let's say it's $150. But instead of giving the 150 that the Holy Spirit is impressing you to give, you give 75. You have to understand God cannot bless that 75. Why? Because he told you to give a different amount. So he cannot bless it because if he did, he would sanction disobedience and he can't do that. So the fact that we hit that number so approximately and have gone over even a little bit because God loves to cheerful givers. That's, that's the ones that when the Holy spirit speaks to do something, they're so happy to do it. They even give more. <laughs> and of course God, God receives that with open arms. And those are, those are the cheerful givers. But so many of you, you have obeyed with specific precision. What does that do? That has positioned you to receive the 100 fold return. What is that? That's God's very best multiplied back into your life. Now, 
I was wanting to share point number one, which is that you are now positioned to receive the 100-fold return because you have done what the Holy Spirit said to do. Number two, I want you to be ready to expect your harvest to come in. Praise God. Anytime God multiplies an offering and he brings that back to you multiplied, there is a miracle in that. And the harvest that's coming back to you is financial increase. And there's a million different ways God can do that in your life. You understand there's a lot of different ways God's going to, he, he can do it. But I need you to understand that your harvest is financial increase. The reason why is that the Holy Spirit gave me a vision and I saw that those that would sow into the Pentecost offering for the pure gold television program, I saw golden oil being poured on those, those people. And I said, I said, what is that? What kind of oil is that? And the, the Lord showed me it's the golden oil of prosperity. So that is being poured over your offering, over your seed. Your harvest is coming. It will be miraculous and it will be in a financial nature. You need to be ready because a new level of prosperity is coming to you and it will be the 100 fold miracle blessing. Be expecting it. Be praising God for it. Be looking for it because it's coming. It's coming. You have done exactly what God required of you, and your harvest is on the way. Praise God. Be sure to give God all of the praise. And I tell you, I'm expecting some phenomenal testimonies, and I know that I'm going to hear from you. Ooh, praise the Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. So let us now honor the Lord with our tithes. And with offerings, we step into the Canaan land of blessing, but we're not just there as tourists. We're there to stay. We're there to take our possessions and to receive what God has for us. And we occupy by operating biblical principles, not just to get there, but to live there. And one of those principles is that the tithe belongs to the Lord. The tithe is 10% of all of our increase and we're instructed in God's word to bring that into the storehouse of God because that belongs to the Lord. And of course, we always have other uh, ministry opportunities. If you would like to sow special offering or special seed into some other uh, project, we have those as well. And my friends, let us continue to operate biblical principles while you're going to be looking for a very powerful harvest to come into your life. Praise the Lord. So, if you would like to give online, please visit stephenbrooks.org. There on the homepage, there's a red heart, and it says give. And you can click that. You can bring your tithes in right there. If there's a somewhere else that you would like to give an offering, you can do that as well. And it is safe and secure, and you can do so from anywhere in the world. Now, if you would like to mail in your tithe and your offering, you can do that by sending your envelope to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. And let me just say, on behalf of my wife and I and our entire team here at the ministry, we are so thankful for you, for your giving and your support of this ministry. And we are literally touching around the world each week, each week. 
We are, we are broadcasting over a satellite footprint that covers over a billion people. Woo, praise the Lord. It's actually more than a billion. It's over 1.1 billion now. And uh, I'm, we're going to get the 1.2. Well, that's not much, Pastor Stephen, just a point two or a point three, where you're going up by increments of 100 million. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But thank you for standing with us, and we share in the heavenly spoil together. Glory to God. Mm -mm. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, bless your people. Bless your people. Let them see their harvest. Let them anticipate their harvest. And let it, let it just overwhelm them, O oh God. Overwhelm them. And I thank you that you're taking your precious people to a new level of financial prosperity. Mm, mm, mm. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm, mm. You'll never know shortage or lack another day in your life. Glory to God. Say amen in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 32. We're going to begin today in verse 17. And I, I believe you're going to see some things about the Lord that will greatly refresh you of His ability to be a blessing in your life in the area of where you may need a miracle. In that area where, where there's no human on the earth that can do it for you. I want you to know God is still a miracle worker. And if you need a miracle, I would like for you to pay careful attention to the reading and the teaching, the expounding of God's Word today. Now let's pray. Father, as we jump into Your Word, we ask that Your Holy Spirit would illuminate the Scriptures, that we could simply understand it, grasp it, take it, apply it to our lives, beginning today. Thank you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, quite a few of you, what I'm going to instruct, you've already been touching it. You've already had some, some exercise in it. But I think, I think when you realize the potential of what can take place here, I think it's going to stir you to jump in even further. Praise God. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. Let me say, my friends, that God is the creator of what we see as the physical earth and also the universe with all of the stars and galaxies and beautiful things like that. They just didn't happen by coincidence or accident. I know there's some people that believe that adamantly, but they are, they are mistaken. They are deceived and they are wrong. And some of them know that it's bad science but they're under pressure to teach it or they'll lose their funding. And some believe that they have this concept or this belief that it just all happened by a big bang or something like that, simply because they want an escape from moral responsibility. So if there is no God and we're all just an accident, that means there's no accountability or responsibility for having done wrong or living wrong or anything like that. And so that's why some love to embrace that 
view. But my friends, we're going to stick with the truth of God's word. God is the creator. Behold, Jeremiah said, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. Now, I'll tell you what, that's great power. No question about that. And outstretched arm. The outstretching of God's arm denotes his power and his working. His working. There is nothing too hard for you. Let me just say that Jeremiah knew how to talk to the Lord. He knew how to talk to the Lord. And it's very important that you understand also the proper and correct way to talk to God so that you can see his power released into your life. Now let's continue on. Let's go to verse 26. After Jeremiah has completed his long prayer and has talked to the Lord about this great thing that God has told him and he's proclaimed God's greatness. And at the same time, Jeremiah is also saying, Lord, this is pretty crazy though. Um, you've said you're going to do this and I know you've got all this great power, but Lord, the city of Jerusalem is, is completely besieged and you know what they're trying to do to me. And he's basically saying, how can this happen? How can, how can this be brought to pass? But he has exalted God. And that is, that is what you always want to understand when you're talking to the Lord. Now I've had different encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ, different visions. And I've had the visions. I've had the, the experiences of, uh, how can I say friendship? The experiences of, um, you, you could almost call it fun. Maybe, maybe I could call it fun encounters with the Lord. But there's, uh, even in those type of encounters, I've had like maybe more what we would call weighty type things where he came to me and gave me instructions and stuff like that. But regardless, there's something that's always present anytime, anywhere you're with the man of Galilee. Mm -mm. And this is what it is. The moment you ever have an encounter with the Lord, the, the first thing that always comes to me is that because it's on him. It's just that, you know, this, this guy is the supreme sovereign head of the church, the universal church, the church in heaven, the church on earth, on earth, of course, just one church, but the billions and billions of believers in heaven and on earth, he is the head of the church. He's the one governing it, instructing it, running it, controlling all of it. 100%. Woo. And you realize this is the man with the power. This is, this is the guy right here. Yeah, yes, he's Jesus of, Naz of Nazareth. He's the Galilean man. He's, he's sweet Jesus. But don't think for a moment that he is not the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And even, even those times I've, I've had conversation of the Lord with, you know, uh, and there's, I can detect his sweetness, his love. I have always been able to still pick that up. This is the complete sovereign head of the church I'm talking to right now. Woo. And it's a, it's a phenomenal thing. This is the one that spoke the universe into existence. So yes, while he is sweet, Jesus, you're, you're, you're talking to God. He is just as much God as he is man. He's just as much man as he is God. It is a mystery, but we believe it 
and we receive him. Amen. Now, verse 26, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Glory to God. Now stop and think about that just for a moment. He liked what Jeremiah said so much. He actually brings that back around. I'm telling you, if you want to see God's power in your personal life displayed, you've got to learn how to talk to him. You have to learn how to talk to him and address him for who he is. I'm going to put a, a picture up on the screen right now. And I want to talk to you just for a moment about what you're looking at. This is an image that was released 25 years ago. This is the original Hubble telescope deep field image. It's considered by many, by many, to be the most incredible picture ever captured, bar none. Wow. Woo, praise the Lord. This is the Hubble deep field image. Now, what is very incredible about the, the footage that you're looking at of this image is that they took the telescope, the Hubble telescope, and reluctantly pointed it to an area of the universe, a little section, a tiny section of the universe that was going to be the furthest distance they had ever looked at that they actually thought was empty space. Matter of fact, before they, they actually took the, fo- the photos and, you know, and put, it, put this photo together so you can see this as one, they, they actually had scientists said, no, don't, don't do it because there's nothing there and we don't want to waste our time. And not only that, it might be embarrassing if we, you know, we're taking these bad photos or we take this photo, there's nothing there. People think what we're doing is not important. So they, they wanted the lead scientist to not do it. But he, he persevered and said, no, we need to take a, a picture of this area. And uh, the man that said we need to do it, his name was Ben, excuse me, Bob Williams. He was, is the one that came up with the idea of the Hubble Deep Field. And it says that his colleagues warned him, pointing the telescope at, quote, nothing, unquote, was a terrible idea, unlikely to pay off. (laughs) But he pushed forward, later saying, scientific discovery requires risk. And my friends, look at this picture that was taken. You're looking at over 10,000 galaxies, and each galaxy has millions and millions of stars just in each galaxy. And so the magnitude is off the charts. I would actually, uh, for myself, I would put this in top five, top five all-time most mind-blowing pictures I've ever seen. The only pictures I've ever seen that have outdone this picture are pictures that I've seen that represent the love of God. But when you're looking at this picture, you're looking at raw power. You're looking at the outstretched arm of God, and God spoke it, and the words came out, and he took his hand and just slung it out there. Woo! And it wasn't in a chaotic order. It was more complex than the most complex Swiss Wistrach, uh, 
wristwatch, let me get that WW word out there, with the most uh, complicated automatic workings, that the galaxy is so complex, woo, praise the Lord, so beautiful. And, uh, oh, I mean, you have the Milky Way galaxy, uh, you know, and that's where we're in. We're in the Milky Way galaxy, but you got all these other galaxies and then you have these beautiful spiral galaxies and all of these things. And, uh, this is who we're dealing with. Well, Pastor Stephen, I just see Jesus in his white robe and, you know, his little sandals. Uh, You must never forget who your God is and who is on your side. And who's pulling for you and the power. I'm I'm just talking about raw power that he has available to help you. And so you need to ask yourself in the light of that image, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I mean, is it harder than making 10,000 galaxies? (laughs) And don't forget, that's just one little tiny section of the universe that's just pointing the telescope in one direction. That's just one little tiny direction. You still have everything else. It's It's just literally humanly incomprehensible, the power of God. Wow. Praise the Lord. And so the Lord says, is there anything too hard for me? (laughs) No, No, Lord. So what is it that you need God to do in your life? Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, I, uh, I need to pay this light bill. This light bill has run up to $218. Uh, I just, I don't know if you have to realize who you're, you're working with, who you're talking with. This, this is the head of the universe. This is the one that the Father has given all authority to over the entire universe. The Father said, just run all of it. Run all of it. He's running the universe. He's got it all. He's got it all under His authority, and He's delegated authority also to the church. Woo! Praise the Lord. So we need to step into this. Mm-mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. I I think I'm just going to go ahead and touch this. As you see, let's pop that image up one more time on the screen. As you see those galaxies and all those beautiful things, of course, you know, they're they're billions of light years separated apart. And uh, they're basically saying the light, even from those galaxies, it took billions of years just for it to get to the telescope. Um, and I can understand. I can understand why some scientists say, you know, maybe, maybe there, there was this evolutionary thing. There wasn't, of course. But you have to understand that when God made Adam and he breathed the breath of life into Adam, Adam was a, created as a full-grown man. He's not a little baby with diapers. God created Adam with maturity. Okay? He did the same thing with the universe. When he created the universe, he baked maturity into it. He baked age into it. Was it new? Oh, yes, brand new. But he had age baked into it. When Jesus turned uh, first miracle, when he turned water into wine, they said, what? This is, this is the best wine. It has gone to the process. It skipped. Well, it actually didn't skip it. It just went through it real fast through a miracle from water through the, the phases of the grape juice into the phase of whatever this wine was. And it was this mature wine. And it was created. Boom. 
There it is. Water, mature wine, just like that. So you could say the miracle had the age baked into it. So don't let all these great ages, a billion years or something like that. Don't let that throw you. Don't let that throw you or anything like that. The, fo the fossil records don't lie, but you have to interpret it all the right way. Praise the Lord. Now, when you look at all those beautiful galaxies and things like that, you, you have to understand you and I were designed for eternity. Humans are designed for eternity and you're going to live in either one or two places, either in heaven with God or eventually the, the, the final abode of the damned, which is called the lake of fire. So that's why we of course are on our way to heaven and we want to bring as many people as we can along with us. Praise the Lord. But you have to understand you're going to, you're going to live for all eternity with a glorified body, with a glorified body designed for uh, what would now be considered superhuman type things. I was talking to a very, uh, very esteemed prophetess known for a miracle ministry. She's traveled all over the world ministering for Jesus. And she and I were talking about uh, different things we've seen in the heavenly glory realm. And she told me about one of her trips to heaven, what she saw. She's had various trips into the third heaven like the Apostle Paul had. And she was telling me about the time that she was taken to the outer edge of the city of heaven. And she saw a harbor. But the harbor, uh, it didn't have water in it. There was a big, there were different types of what we would call from the earthly perspective, we would call them cruise ships. They were ships that were designed, they were gigantic in size, that were designed to carry people. And she saw one of them that was enormous, that was made out of solid crystal. It was a ship made out of solid crystal. And it was getting ready. It had believers on it. You had Christians on it. Those washed with the blood of the Lamb. It was getting ready to sail out of this port into space to explore and to see all of these well, you can see it there. All of these creations, all of these things that God made. <laughs> well, Pastor Stephen, there are so many of them. Yeah, it's going to take millions and millions and billions of years. Praise the Lord. You'll never have a boring day in your life in heaven. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. So, my friends, let us learn to talk to God where we magnify his power, where we magnify his name. And as we talk to God in such uh, ways where we esteem him for who he really is, then we also will receive uh, the, the flowing of that mighty power into our lives. Praise the Lord. Now I want to take you to a verse that is very explosive. God's word has creative power. And I want you to take this verse we're about to go to, and I want it to be I want it to be a verse that you really commit to heart and that you meditate on because there's power in it, and you're going to see the power of God begin to flow in your life. Now we're going to go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, and our scripture that we're going to look at now is verse 12. Romans 10 verse 12 for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The word Greek in the original Greek is the word Helen. 
And this is referring to not just Greek people, but it's referring to non-Jewish nations that are Greek speaking. The, the word usage here of the word Greek became a common word that was just used, not just to describe the Greeks, but this is a word that is now used in their culture, in their day, and in their time to basically describe non-Jews. Non-Jews. Some actually, uh, some translations actually translate it as the word Gentiles. So I like the more literal translation, which is uh, Greek. There's no distinction between Jew and Greek, but it's basically saying there's no distinction between Jew and somebody who's not a Jew. Praise God. Now watch this. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Now, let's not look at a statement that's not really being made, although it certainly would be implied. It doesn't say God is rich, although we all know, of course, he is. It even says in the book of Revelation, worthy. Worthy is Jesus to receive riches and honor and goes on and on with this beautiful list of everything that he's worthy to receive. One of those being riches. And we know that God, the father is in heaven, Christ at his right hand. And we know that the streets are of pure gold. We know that the uh, 12 gates are these gigantic pearls and the splendor and the wealth and the glory are just uh, off the chart, as we would say. But my friends, we, we understand that this would also imply that the Lord is rich because he's going to extend that to those who call upon him. And so you would have to be rich in order to extend it. But the focus is not that God is rich. The focus here is that God is rich to all who call upon him. So that richness is extended to the one who calls upon God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'd like to ask God for something, but I don't know if God can afford it. There, there's nothing there. I mean, he's the owner of everything. Woo. Praise the Lord. And God is able to bless you. Praise the Lord. Now he's rich to you. You have to personalize it. You have to take the scriptures and make them your own. Again, look at verse 12. For there is no distinction, there's no difference between Jew and Greek in this area of you can be just as blessed as a Jew is, okay? Or it's not like you're missing anything, because you're in the covenant now. You're in the new covenant, which includes salvation. Woo, praise the Lord. And everything is in salvation. The word sozo means full salvation. Everything's included. For the same Lord over all is rich to, and you have to say to me, the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. If you'll call upon him, recognizing who he really is, he'll be rich towards you. He'll be rich towards you. He'll do miracles for you. He'll do what no doctor can do. He'll do what no rich uncle could do. He is God. There's nothing too hard for him. And he will extend that power. He will extend his riches to you, but you have to call upon him. You have to call upon him in light of his greatness and in light of who he is. Praise the Lord. 
Now, Pastor Stephen, in what way should I call upon the Lord? You're going to call upon Him in a, in a response to what it is that you actually need or what it is that you want to ask Him for. Let's talk about some examples. You're going to go before the great God Jehovah. You're going to go before the miracle worker from Galilee. Woo! Praise God. You're going to go before Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Woo! Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. You're going to go before your Savior, and you're going to ask Him for the miracle that you need. Maybe you need a new kidney. Maybe you need both kidneys to work. Maybe you need a new liver. Maybe you have a, a child, a son or daughter that has Down syndrome. Maybe you've been diagnosed with a failed heart and you need a new heart. And you have to understand that there are categories of needs on the earth where a doctor can do all they can do. And they eventually get to a place where they say, this is now beyond medical science. Maybe we can give you uh, treatments to deal with the pain. But there are some things that are terminal and you have reached the end of the line and you can't go any further. For example, maybe your liver uh, has been attacked by cancer. Let's say, for example, it's like a stage four. And if you're in any level of stage four cancer, that means it's over. You, you know, you get your wheel ready. And uh, they're going to try to sedate you heavily and let you ride it out with, you know, heavy dosages of painkiller. But you get a diagnosis like that. The doctors are not trying to wreck your life. They're just trying to say, this physically is what you're looking at. They're not trying to lie to you. They're just try they're trying to help you. They're saying you have to brace for it because from a natural perspective, this is what you have. And we are limited in these areas. Praise the Lord. But my friends... You have to understand that while there are some things on this earth that are beyond human ability to fix, God, who created the heavens and the earth, is a miracle-working God. There's nothing too hard for Him. He can make whole a child with Down syndrome. He can heal a heart that is just ravaged with disease. He can heal a liver that is full of cancer. He can heal kidneys that have shut down and have completely stopped working. But my friends, praise the Lord, you must realize that when it comes to so many of these mighty, mighty needs, you have to realize there's nobody smart enough to do it. Only God can do it. Nobody on this planet can make a new liver. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, they're getting pretty advanced with this 3D modeling. They can mold things out of plastic. Uh, no, no, you can't. They, they can't do it like God can. I've, I've heard some of the science. You probably have, too. Some of the medical science where they can take sort, uh, certain organs from an animal. And they can transplant some of those organs into, into people. But they, they never last very long. And they never work very good. Why? It was never designed for a human. It was designed for the pig. It was designed for the chimpanzee. It's not going to work right in a human's body. Only God's smart enough to, to give you a new liver. Only God is able to put new kidneys in your body. 
He's the only one that can do stuff like this. If you learn how to talk to him the right way, the power will flow. The power will flow. Mm -mm. Now, I want to talk about three words, excuse me, three letters. They're, they're, back, they're basically three words once we expand them and pronounce it out. I want to talk to you about the three letters O-E-M. O-E-M. Now, if you have ever worked in the automotive industry, you know what I'm talking about. This would be true, of course, in many uh, areas of production, even if it's aviation or stuff like that. O-E-M stands for Original Equipment Manufacturer. I want to say it again, original equipment manufacturer and OEM. What it means is that an OEM is a part and it, it is the part that is built by the company that initially made that part for the vehicle. Now you have a couple options if you have a vehicle and something goes wrong with it. If you have, let's say you have like a, like a new, uh, something that's in the 2020s, a very modern new vehicle with all of the electronics and all of the, uh, you know, the computers in it and stuff like that. And something goes wrong and they say, well, this part has broken. You have two options. You can get an OEM part, which is a part that's made by the original equipment manufacturer, or you can get an aftermarket part. And they'll tell you this, of course, when they give you a quote for the repair bill. They'll say, these are your options, OEM, or you can get an aftermarket. Here's the thing about the aftermarket. Sometimes the price can actually be cheaper, but it's, it's, it's not uncommon at all in the aftermarket that the part that they're going to supply you with, it might not even be new. <laughs> it could be used. It can be refurbished, and then it's going to be resold as a used item been cleaned up or whatever, you know, the, the need was, and now it's back out and they can, they can put that into your car. But you know, if you have something really new and modern, you want the OEM part in there. You want something that's original equipment in there, particularly if it's something that that's really nice. Now, if you have a car that's maybe, let's say 25 years old, maybe a old pickup truck or old car or something like that. And you're driving down the road and you go to fill up your gas and you realize the gas cap came off and somehow just came off and got lost, fell off down the road. Well, at that point, maybe you're not even really concerned about an OEM part. Why? You can go to the aftermarket. You can go to one of these local, you know, we got them all over town, you know, these small little automotive uh, parts, pla uh, parts places where you can go and just get an aftermarket gas cap. It only costs $5. You put it on there, screw it down, lock it down. But um, you get into other things, you really need OEM. For example, a modern windshield. If you have a, a new nice vehicle, that windshield, it, it may look like just a piece of a glass or whatever, but it's got all kinds of lines and wires and stuff going, going through. It's got heating elements in it. It's got all kinds of st other stuff that's, you know, used for electronics that are going through that windshield. And if, if it gets broken and you have to have it replaced, I would highly suggest you don't go aftermarket. Well, if I do, I'll save $200. Yeah, it's not going to fit right either. Oh, they might even say it does, but no, it's, it's not going to be the same. You need OEM, original equipment manufacturer, particularly, particularly the, the, the more important it is and the nicer the vehicle, OEM. Mercedes Benz, you want an OEM 
all, always. Um, BMW, you want original equipment manufacturer part, praise the Lord. How about this one? <laughs> the, the voted the most dangerous and ugliest car of all time, the Yugo. I'll put a picture up for your for your eyes to behold the beautiful Yugo, formerly made in the uh, country of Yugoslavia. Now, believe it or not, although that car is no longer manufactured, there are still OEM parts that you can get if you just so happen to be driving around in a Yugo. And if you are, please email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. I'd love to hear, it's, you know, is does somebody out there in the world still drive one? I guess somebody does. There's pictures on the internet. But although they're just about as rare as a unicorn, you can still get OEM parts. Would you believe that? Isn't that amazing? Let me suggest this to you. If you can get an OEM part for Yugo made in 1978, don't you think that God's got an OEM part for you? Oh, he don't keep backups, Pastor Stephen. He's just an old man sitting up on a throne in heaven smoking a cigar. <laughs> you have no idea who you're talking to. <laughs> well, you have no idea. You have no idea the power. You have no idea the power and the wisdom and the vast resources, backups that would blow your mind. And yes, it is true. There is a parts warehouse in heaven bigger than the biggest city on the planet. And any kind of backup part that you need, OEM, it's in that warehouse. God's got it. If you go, if you go, went out of business years ago, decades ago, a car that cost $3,990 and there's still OEM parts out there you can get. You don't think God's wiser than that? He's got an OEM for anything you need. You have to honor him and you have to thank him and acknowledge him for who he is. And don't be surprised when you do that. Here comes an OEM part into your body. Mm -mm, mm -mm. The car was so crazy, so dangerous that you could buy that car and they said literally you could drive it away from the dealership and it would start to fall apart. Parts would start falling off of it. You hear them clanging down the road as you drove the thing. <laughs> One lady brought a, a brand new Yugo and drove it home and while she was driving across the bridge, the wind blew and blew her and the car completely off the road, off the bridge, down into the water. <laughs> She's like, what kind of a crazy car is this? And yet there's OEM for you go. Shall we go further? Vote it the ugliest, the ugliest car of all time. I, I don't know. It's debatable, but it's, if it's not, it's right up there with them. The AMC Gremlin. There it is. You're looking at it on the screen. Praise the Lord. Some of you on podcast, you're going to be so tempted to see what these crazy things are we're talking about. You're going to go have to watch the video. Praise the Lord. There it is in all of his green, ugly glory. The AMC Gremlin. Men, if you want to impress your wife, go buy your Gremlin. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Praise the Lord. But it's green, it's ugly, and it went defunct decades ago. But would you believe if you're out there driving around a used Gremlin, there's OEM parts available for the Gremlin. Mm, mm, mm. God's got your part. 
God's got your new liver. God's got your new kidneys. And what, what do you need? There's nothing too hard for him. What do you need? There's nothing too hard for him. He created the universe. And this is all you need. And look what he's done. The universe. And this is all you need. There's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing too hard for him. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Let's go to the high level on the earth of OEM. Let's go to Rolls Royce example. Now they're not they're, um, You know, they're actually owned by BMW now, but they're still made there in that, that uh, one certain town in England. Well, they've always been made. But if you, of course, buy a Rolls Royce and all of the woodwork is real wood in the Rolls Royce. But let's say you've had the car for, for 15 or 25 years. You're driving around your, your Rolls Royce. And uh, there was, a, let's say, some kind of accident or crash. And in that accident, the wood inside of your car, maybe it got broken. Maybe it got smashed or scratched to a place where it's not, it's not good anymore. Do you know that they actually, with every Rolls Royce that is made and the wood that goes into it, Whenever they create that car and put that wood into it, they save slabs from that tree where your car, the wood for your car was made. They save slabs, mark it, and keep it in a warehouse. Because if something ever goes wrong with that wood and you want OEM, genuine replacement, there's only one place you can get it from, and that's the Rolls-Royce headquarters, and they've got it record, recorded on file, your car the same exact wood, the same grain, the same everything. Because you can't, you can't get another piece of wood. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same uh, flow or anything like that. You have to have the same tree. It has to come from the same tree, same slab from that tree. That's high-level OEM. And they're nothing compared to God. They're nothing compared to God. God is the original manufacturer of your body. If you need anything... New. He's the one to go to. Mm -mm. And there's nothing too hard for him. Now, he is rich to all who call upon him. He is rich towards you in giving you that OEM part when you call upon him. Woo! Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, how do I get God to respond to me in what Jeremiah would label these hard areas, these difficult areas. Mm -mm. How do I get God to move in my life in these areas? And we're talking raw miracle stuff. We're talking about miracle healing. We're talking about stuff that's beyond what the good doctors can do. We're talking raw power of God coming in with a miracle for you or your loved one. Maybe it's, maybe it's a money miracle. Maybe it's a deformity. Maybe it's something a body part has prematurely gone bad in your body. How do we get God to respond? Number one, you cannot have lethargic faith. Mm -mm. What is lethargic faith? Well, primarily it's faith that's not thankful. And if you lose your thanksgiving, if you lose your thankfulness to God, your faith will become lethargic. There is something about a freshness that is released when you have a thankful heart. And there can be times where you even feel fatigued. And you're like, oh, 
I don't really want to thank the Lord. I've had a tough day. If you'll, if you, or maybe you're just tired. Maybe you're tired because that body part's not working right and you're fatigued. But if you'll still thank him for who he is, you'll realize as you begin to thank him, he'll strengthen you. He'll strengthen you. And then you can continue on blessing his name. My friends, we must not be lethargic in our faith. We must pursue God. We must be quick to obey the Lord in every area of our lives. And I believe this includes the need for us to be spiritually sensitive. You know, I was reading about a certain evangelical pastor. He had gone before the Lord in prayer and he said, Lord, all of my other pastor friends have gotten filled with the Holy Spirit and they, they speak in tongues. And uh, Jesus, I would really like for you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And this dear pastor, he had um, just, just like a few days before, he had his window open at his house and he noticed a beautiful little bird had come and had sat on his windowsill. Well, he kind of snuck over to the side and he reached his hand up and pulled the window down and the bird was startled. Instead of flying out, it flew into the room. And so the, the pastor closed the window and he caught the bird because he wanted to catch it and he put it in a cage. And once he put it in the cage, he opened the window back up so the bird could have fresh air. And he got a little thing for water for it and a little thing for food for the bird. But the bird wouldn't sing. He had seen the bird before and it was always singing. But the moment he put it in the cage, it wouldn't sing. And, uh, but he thought, well, th that's okay. I like it. Anyhow, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm happy with my bird. So this pastor said, Lord Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I really, really want this. You know what? You know what God told that man? Jesus spoke to the man and said, spoke to his heart and said, release the bird and I'll baptize you with my spirit. And the, the pastor said, Lord, I, I like the bird. The Lord said, release the bird and I'll baptize you with my Holy Spirit. You have to have a sensitive heart. Your faith cannot be lethargic. When the Lord gives you direction or insight, you must move forward in that area. The man went upstairs. The window was open. He opened the cage. The precious little bird flew out and began to sing. And the man closed the cage. And he said, I won't capture birds anymore. And he, he took the, as he was walking down the stairs with the cage. And as he was doing that, boom, Jesus filled him with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> He was touched <laughs> with the power of God and began to pour out just speaking in other tongues. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah, glory to God. By the way, not just, we're not just talking, of course, about a, a precious animal, but even people. Release people. Forgive people. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to love. Amen. Have a sweetheart. Have a sweetheart towards people, even those that maybe, uh, or, or maybe like a little bit, maybe we would say clumsy or make mistakes or maybe do things wrong and they're trying their best, but maybe they don't know yet. Maybe nobody's taught them. Be sweet. Don't crush people. Be patient. Love people. Develop a sensitive heart. Praise God. Praise God. Now, it's very important that you call God Let's say you need a body part. It is very important. It's, it's actually essential. It's essential and important that you call God your healer. Let's see this in Scripture. 
Romans 10 verse 12. The Lord, the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. You call upon him. What do you call him? Well, if you need a, if you need a new um, body part, you call, let, let's say you're a liver. You call upon him as the healer of your liver. Lord Jesus, you're the God that heals livers. Nobody else on earth can do it. And my condition is terminal. Nobody else can do it. The doctors have done all they can. And so here I am. Jesus, I now call you my liver healer. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Look at verse 13. For whoever calls on, on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You must call upon the Lord. You, you can't even get saved without calling upon the Lord. Maybe you, you did it in a way, in a sense where, you know, you had your heart to heart moment with God, but that's still your heart calling out to God. You, you can't get anything without calling on God. You must call on the Lord. And if you had to call on the Lord to receive the most important thing that any human could ever receive, which is the salvation of your soul, trust me. You, you work that same principle in other areas as well. You call upon the Lord as your healer. You call upon the Lord as your deliverer. You call upon the Lord as your debt destroyer. You call upon the Lord as your healer of cancer. Whatever it might be, you call upon the Lord. Romans 10, same chapter. Look at verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth... Confession is made unto salvation. Salvation as in the sense of eternal life, yes. But salvation also over the, here in the same area of healing. Call upon the name of the Lord in that area. Lord, I call upon you. I called upon you and you saved me. Now, Lord, I call upon you as the creator of the universe. I call upon you as the healer of my body. You are the healer of my body. You're the healer of my liver. Jesus, I praise you and worship you. Nothing's too hard for you. Oh, praise the Lord. And you talk to him like that. You talk to him like that. You talk to him like that all the time, all the time. When you really desperately need something and you really want something, you talk to him like that and he'll respond to you just like he did to Jeremiah. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You're single and you can't get married for whatever reason. It's just, you know, something, something's not, something's not there yet. Call upon the Lord as your matchmaker, miracle working matchmaker. Pastor Stephen, that's not in the Bible. Well, sure it is. It's all kinds of scriptures about this in the Bible. I don't even have to use the Song of Solomon. Uh, look at this one. Uh, Genesis chapter 24, verse 1. Now Abraham was old, well advanced and aged, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh. That was a covenant sign. And I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. Here in Scripture, you have what theologians just across the board say is a beautiful 
Old Testament type shadow word picture of the working of the Trinity. You have Abraham, who is a symbol of the Heavenly Father. You have Isaac, who is a symbol of the Son of God. And you have this elderly oldest servant, who is a representative, a spiritual symbol of the Holy Spirit. And you have the servant who represented the Holy Spirit going out and he's going to find a bride, going to find a woman for the Son. And you also have a beautiful imagery here, of course, of Christ and the church. But my friends, you have to understand that God, God's the ultimate matchmaker. The Holy Spirit going out and finding, the servant going out and finding the perfect, the perfect bride for the Son. And of course, you know God's going to get it right. See, I know things about this, this nature. And I remember one night I was 27 years old and I just said, look, God, I want to get married. I, I, I don't want to wait any longer. I want to get married and I had a person come into agreement with me for a godly wife. But see what I did not know, even before I ever got to California, when I was still in Texas, just months and months, I don't know how, maybe even a year, it was probably like eight months or something like that earlier. My wife, uh, who was at that time single sitting in church, Heard the man of God at the church say, we need to buy some more chairs because we need, we just, you know, we have a, you know, just quite, quite a big church. We need more chairs for people to sit in. So I, I, I need those of you that are members to purchase chairs. And so my wife purchased four brand new chairs, one for her to sit in, one for her two uh, children to sit in, and one, one. For her new husband that she was in faith for that was going to walk into that church and sit in that chair. Woo! Praise God. And the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit saw her faith and saw her words, when she said, my husband will come sit in that chair. You have, to, you have to understand how the Holy Spirit works. He works with your words. Some of you are not giving, getting any, you're not giving anything to the Holy Spirit to work with. She said, my husband will come and sit in that chair. And I drove all the way from Texas to California. And would you believe that the person I prayed with, I, I, I told this person, I want to get married. The person said, let's agree. God will do it. The next day that person said, come visit my church. And I walked into that church. First time I'd ever been there in my life. Did not know a soul in that church. And I walked and sat literally physically in the very chair Kelly had purchased for her future husband, sat in the exact chair. <laughs> Woo! You got to call God your matchmaker. Woo! Hallelujah. There's nothing too hard for God. You just got to give him more praise. You got to give him more thanksgiving. You got to worship him. You got to glorify him so that he'll release the power to you. It's not too hard for God. God, it's not that God can't do it. Woo! There's nothing too hard for him. It's just that for that power to be released, we must do our part. Praise the Lord. We need to know how to talk to the Lord for who he really is. Glory to God. And if you're single, you really want to get married, then you just need to, you just need to be going around thanking God all the time and praising him and saying, God, you're my, you're my matchmaker. You're the ultimate matchmaker. Glory, 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 glory. And it'll happen somehow, somehow, some way, because he's the miracle worker. He's the miracle worker. Well, Pastor Stephen, somebody might say, Pastor Stephen, my, uh, my denomination doesn't believe in that. Well, 
then I have to be honest with you. Um, it's not going to happen for you. Well, maybe if I just stick around, well, you, you can stick around for 10, 20, 50 years until you, 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 your life ends. It's not going to happen. The Holy Spirit does not move in areas where the Lord is not represented or taught or honored in that way. He's not going to come into that church and override that pastor when the pastor doesn't believe that. And it could be a beautiful church where people get saved and the basics of the gospel are taught. But if that pastor or that denomination is not open to the moving of the Holy Spirit with signs, wonders, and miracles that display the power of God, you can sit there till you're 120. It's not going to happen. It's not going to ha happen. Praise the Lord. Know that the Holy Spirit is a performer and he works with your faith that's expressed through your words. You have to say with your words that, like for example, if you need a kidney, God's my healer. God, you're my healer. God, you're the only one that can get these kidneys working. You're the only one that give me new kidneys. You're the only one that can give me a new heart. You have to say it, and you have to use your words and use your mouth. Praise the Lord. You know, I've seen it happen too many times. It's sad, actually. It's not going to happen to you, though. I've seen good Christians leave the planet before their time because they got sick and they died prematurely of a sickness or a disease. I've seen some leave in their 30s. But in every single case, that if you were to go up to them and ask them, I didn't ask them, I didn't need to because I already knew, I already knew the answer, no need to ask. But if you were to go up to them and ask them, let's say, well, there's one person, one person I knew that died of cancer. And this one person was the most anointed person in the whole church. She could prophesy, and when she prophesied, uh, it's just, it would send a shockwave of power through the whole, ch through the whole church. And um, she could prophesy usually almost every Sunday because of that anointing that would come upon her. She's in heaven today. It's too bad she got taken out by the cancer. She had a wonderful husband. She had two beautiful children. But she, she died. But I, I went to the hospital quite often with the pastor because I was young at that time. And I, I saw her succumb weaker and weaker. The whole time it's going on, she's laying there in the hospital bed. You know what she's doing? Watching TV nonstop. And if you were to have gone up to her, and if you would have asked her very respectfully, very softly, but if you would have asked her honestly, how many times today have you called Jesus your cancer healer? She probably would have stopped and thought, and she probably would have said, None. I mean, maybe once or twice. And if you would have probed a little further and said, Yesterday, as you lay here in bed, how many times did you call Jesus and thank him as being your cancer healer? She would have said, None. None. Do you understand that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? And if you don't call, and if you don't acknowledge him, although he can do it, it won't happen. 
It won't happen. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you might have a super anointed minister come minister to you, charged with the power of God, and come lay hands on you, and you could get healed off their anointing. You know, I, I have a ministry of healing. That, that, that can happen. But what if that doesn't happen? And you're just laying there. I'm telling you that if you will call at, upon the Lord and work these principles and just thank him, call him the mighty healer, call him the mighty deliverer, call him the God that gives new lungs or new heart or whatever it might be. He'll answer and you'll receive a miracle. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Mm-mm. Just keep thanking him continually. Keep thanking him continually. Somebody might say, well, why would I thank him for something that he hasn't done yet? Well, you thank him by faith based upon 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, which says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now those that don't believe in miracles and those that don't believe in God's healing power will say that this is a reference to spiritual healing that we were spiritually healed through Christ atoning sacrifice. But that's, that doesn't even make any sense. When you were lost in sins, just as I used to be at one point, in our lost condition, we didn't need some kind of spiritual healing. We needed to be born again. We needed to be recreated, or as in the Greek it implies, regenerated. You don't need some little healing. You don't need to be spiritually healed. You need to be, you need to pass from death to life. Woo, praise God. This is not talking about spiritual healing by his stripes. You were healed in the atonement in the sacrifice, death, burial and resurrection of Christ in the new covenant. He purchased your physical healing by his stripes. You were healed. Were is past tense on the cross. He paid for it. So while you lie there, with that body part not working, while you lie there perhaps with the body part ravaged by disease, or unless it's metastasized and it's now spread throughout your body, while you lie there, you worship God and say, God, you're my healer. God, you're my healer. I praise you that healing, healing is in the atonement. Jesus, by your stripes, those furrows that were dug into your back, you paid for my healing. Hallelujah. And I thank you for it. I call you my healer. While I lay here, I call you my healer. I call you my healer. And if you will keep doing that day and night, day and night, look, you can't pull these, these play games with God. Like you do it, you know, three or four times and you think that's it. God will get me up out of the situation now. No, you have to pour your heart into it. You have to glorify him for who he really is. And when you do, when you do, he will come on the scene. 
Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever you give God thanks for, before you see it, He will let you see it. That's something I learned from Dr. Norval Hayes. He made that beautiful quote. Whatever you give God thanks for, before you see it, He will let you see it. Mm-mm. My friends, you must do it out loud. You must do it without shame or embarrassment. You must thank the Lord. You must have your heart expressing thanksgiving to God for His greatness, for His mighty power. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And anything that God has promised you, He'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. When you, when you really just pour out the thanksgiving, and the constant worship and praise and adulation and adoration for who He is, He'll give it to you. Anything He's promised you. And even beyond sometimes maybe what we would call your set inheritance or beyond your promised land, Sometimes you might touch an area really of even a desire. You wouldn't necessarily call it a need, but it could even be a desire. But God, in His loving goodness, He'll look at you. And, and if you can handle it, He'll even give you that. If you can handle it, and you'll really thank Him for it, He'll give it to you. Now, as long as it's something that doesn't make you backslide, uh, there are some, they're, they're not mature enough to handle wealth. If they actually had riches, they'd, they'd backslide. But if you can handle it, and you'll thank God for it, and you'll, you'll, you'll um, live your life clean, yeah, He'll give it to you also. Praise the Lord. But you have to really, you have to really, I, I, would, I would use the, the, the phrase, pay the price. You have to really pour your, your heart out in thanksgiving to the Lord. And when you do that, you'll see that miracle power that we all know He possesses. You'll see it come into your life, and you'll have a miracle testimony. Praise the Lord. You must make up your mind that you are going to get what rightfully belongs to you. Hallelujah. There's no need for you to die. There's no need for you to live with something that God doesn't want you to live with. When he paid for it through the shed blood of Christ, and it's been purchased through his atoning work, and you can have it. So you must make up your mind that you're going to get what is rightfully yours. And this heart of thanksgiving, of blessing the Lord for who he is, you must do it every day. And understand that the Holy Spirit is a performer. And He's going to work with you based upon your words and what's coming out of your mouth. And if you stop thanking the Lord, if you stop working, He stops working. And if you take a vacation for seven days and you just think, well, I've gotten kind of tired of doing this. I'm getting tired of praising God, getting tired of thanking God. You take a vacation for seven days, He'll take one too for seven days. So you have to keep it up. You have to keep it up because He's a performer of what you say. And as you worship the Lord, as you worship the Lord, you'll see that He's no respecter of persons. And my friends, you'll see that God's Word is true. 
that there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. But the same Lord over all is rich to all who call on Him. So call on Him as your healer of your kidney or of your foot or of whatever's going on that's not right. Call on Him and just tell Him, you're my healer. Call on Him and worship Him. Call on Him. If, if you're buried in debt and, and it's bad, just call on Him. Lord, you're the debt deliverer. You're the God of the Jubilee. Jesus, you are the Jubilee. Debt cancellation goes along with the Jubilee. Jesus, I worship you. You are my Jubilee. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your miracle intervention in my finances. And every one of these debts removed, paid off, removed, gone. Hallelujah. Whether they're paid off, forgiven, or however, Jesus, I just thank you for it. And you do it day and night, day and night, day and night. And you can't get tired. You have to, that, that's the challenge. That's the price tag. That's, that's where some people get excited. They do it for a day or for, or for two days. And then they're like, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. They kind of fade away. But if you'll stick with it, if you'll stick with it, you'll see that the God who said that nothing is too hard for me, you'll see him come into your life. And you'll see that, yeah, he can move it. He can fix it. And if you even need an OEM part, yeah, he's got, he's got, got them all. He's got, he's got warehouses full of them. And he's got yours. He's got your OEM part that goes directly in your body. Mm, mm, mm. Woo. <laughs> Take a brand new one of your parts off that backup shelf. Trust me, if Hugo has OEM parts, God's smart enough to do that too. He has... Anything you need. He's got extra eyeballs for you. He's got extra feet for you. Extra whatever. Whatever. Eardrums. Whatever. Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people. That they come into power encounters with you. Now I ask for your grace to touch them. Stay with it. Father, many people receive their miracle Maybe, seems like a lot, of, a lot of them get it maybe six months later, some eight months later. Some have gone a year, and then it whoop, happened. So, Father, I can't promise them a, a time frame, an exact specific moment. But all we do know, Father, is that if we will reach out to you and call out to you in this area, you will save, you will deliver, you will release your miracle power. Now, Father, we thank you that we're in a new era. We're in the end times era. And it's time for the greater miracles to come forth. Your signs, your wonders, your mighty miracles. We thank you for making us whole. We give you praise and glory. We thank you, Father God. I ask for grace to be released for your people to stick with it. To stick with it. And, and I just thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Make a commitment to set some time aside for the Lord. Well, are you, all you do is call him what you need him to be. Call him your miracle worker. Call him your healer. Call him the great physician. If it's physical healing, call him that. 
Honor him that. Bless him as that. Jesus, I praise you. You took, you took my sickness and disease upon you on the cross. Jesus, thank you that you've redeemed me from this. And take a special moment. Now, you want to do that often throughout the day, but you also want a set moment where you can take time aside, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes, longer if you can, and just pour it out. Ooh, pour it out. Pour it out to him, Jesus. I've got this much time blocked off for you, and I'm here to do nothing but praise you in this area. I know you're a specialist in this area. Mm -mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody, you're wanting, you're wanting paperwork so that you can come to America. And it's backlogged by the thousands, tens and tens of, if not hundreds of thousands. Not only that, not only are they in line, but there's red tape piled on top of that. But somebody has a desire to move. There are some that want to come to America legally, and you want to do it the right way. Now worship the Lord as the immigration expert. Watch what he'll do for you. And there's somebody else, you're in a different country where you're wanting to go to Europe. You're wanting to go to a certain country in Europe, and you need, you need paper approval for that. God will help you. Worship him. Call him the immigration expert, and worship him. And find examples in Scripture about sojourners and strangers, even as the children of Israel were for so long in Egypt. And uh, you, you'll catch a real revelation of the Lord, and you'll get your paperwork. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Everything God does is straight up. Everything God does is the right way. You'll be so glad that you paid the price to receive God's best. And that paying the price is taking the time to worship Him day and night. Day and night in a special session also. And you'll see it happen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We delight in Your Word. We delight in your ways. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Christ, God loves you. And he wants, he wants you to come home. He wants you to come to him. So if you don't know the Lord, but you want to give your life to him, then surrender to Jesus today. Just Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord God, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, I give my life to you. Wash my sins away with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life, and I receive you into my heart as my Lord and Savior now. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. And amen. And he has heard that prayer. You have called out to the name of the Lord, and he has saved your soul. Praise God. And if you need him to do a miracle for you, he certainly will. Praise the Lord. Let's take Holy Communion. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. Mm -mm. I see you having strange encounters with the glory of the Lord. I see you having strange encounters with the right hand extended, the power hand of God. Mm -mm -mm. Praise the Lord. 
Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We pray over it and consecrate it through this prayer. We set it apart as holy. We thank you that it's blessed. We thank you that this is now the body, the flesh, and the blood of Christ our Savior. And Father, we do this in remembrance until the Lord comes. We proclaim his death until he comes because it's through his death that we have received life. Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we thank you that you are rich to all call upon your name. We thank you for your richness whoo, rushing into our lives. Thank you, O oh God. We thank you. We bless you. We receive the body of Jesus now in the Lord's name. Amen. Let's partake. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that they tore us back to pieces, plowed deep furrows. As Isaiah the prophet said, they have plowed my back. And we thank you, Father, for what Jesus went through for our healing. That salvation is for the whole man. It's for the whole person. So that nothing in our lives needs to be broken or messed up. We give you praise, Father. We receive the blood of Jesus with great thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Talk it over with the Lord and let the Holy Spirit help you. And designate a set aside time where once a day you can do nothing but call the Lord and just praise Him and thank Him and worship Him. I mean, if you feel so led at times, get on your knees and lift your hands and worship Him. If you feel so led at times, get on your face, lay prostrate before him. Hallelujah. And just worship him and thank him and thank him. And you might think, well, Pastor Stephen, what am I supposed to say? Oh, the Holy Spirit will help you. He'll help you. Each, each session will be different. But just show up for that time. Be consistent. Day in, day out, day in, day out. Hallelujah. I see you having the most marvelous times with the Lord. And I see his hand will be extended to you. My friends, thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Bye-bye.